0: The stars at night are big and bright.
1: Deep in the heart of hockey. We need to work on that. We do need to work on that. I'm Carolyn. And I'm Erin. And this is Deep in the Heart of Hockey, a podcast about the Dallas Stars, fancy stats, and general shenanigans. It is high on the shenanigans today, as this is our second time attempting to record this podcast.
0: Let's just not even talk about the first time, because I was so frustrated. (laughs) The first time does
1: not exist. Something. I definitely don't have...
0: I'm just so ready to just throw my whole computer off of my balcony.
1: (laughs) We definitely don't have five minutes of a recording that abruptly ended. (laughs) Yeah. We definitely
0: don't. Yeah, it just abruptly ended while you were trying to ask me a question about Ken Hitchcock.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, this is our 53rd podcast. Literally the first slide
0: on our bulletin. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Which, so, in grand, deep heart of hockey tradition, we didn't actually put together the agenda for this podcast until yesterday, despite being on hiatus for two months while I moved and sold my house and... And had, and Marin had to deal with all of her, you know, relatives having babies and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean,
0: <laughs> none of them actually had babies in this time frame, but I did babysit at least three times for, like, an entire weekend at several of my siblings' houses. Yeah. Because that's a service that an aunt provides, apparently, free <laughs> of
1: charge. Anyway, it's our 53rd podcast. Woo! 53rd
0: podcast!
1: That is more than a year's worth of podcasts. I that know we do every single week. I know. I'm so excited. Thank you guys for following along with us. So yes. Thank you and we're sorry. <laughs> we apologize for making you listen to this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So in the last two months some things have happened to the Starless. I moved. I live in Boulder, Colorado now.
0: Marin did not move.
1: Uh, it's beautiful here, just so you know. So, highly recommend if you ever choose to move places. Colorado is a good location.
0: I, I agree. I've been to Colorado. I like it quite a lot.
1: Though I feel like I'm really fulfilling a blogger stereotype because, like, I sold my house in Austin and now I'm living with my mom and my aunt and I'm living yeah, in the guest room.
0: You're not in her basement. So. I know.
1: And it's actually kind of funny because it's a split level and my mom actually lives in the basement. <laughs> But you are sleeping on a sofa couch. I am sleeping on a pull-out sofa couch. Which is surprisingly thing, comfortable. a not sofa couch. What? Yeah, a pull-out sofa thing. It's surprisingly yeah. comfortable. I'm actually doing okay. Well, that's good, because my back would be killing me. Yeah, no, I mean, eventually we'll we'll find our own place around here, but I just, I don't know the lay of the land very well yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> when you say we, you mean you and your cat?
1: Yes, all three of us. <laughs> yeah. Um. So so, but no, like things have happened in Starsland. Uh, I
0: would also like to point out that this is the no, well. I mean, yesterday was the first time that we'd actually spoken with our voices since you left.
1: Oh my god, that's true. Well, let's yeah. I abhor the phone. I hate it. I hate oh, it. Oh me too. It. No, no, no. Don't get me wrong.
0: I have not been blowing your phone up either. It's fine. <laughs> it's just funny to me that like you know, we used, we went from talking literally every single week, and now it's like, oh, it's been two months since I heard the sound of your voice.
1: I know, it's so weird. And now it's, like, all Skype distorted, too.
0: I know! It's, honestly, this is gonna, like, eventually, it's gonna get to a point where I'm just listening to our old podcast and remember what it like.
1: Remember when Carolyn and I used to talk? Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. We can yell at each other a little bit for old times' sake, I guess. Yeah,
0: well, that's- <laughs> Bound to happen if we keep talking. So yes, big thing, big things that happened in Starsland. I'll let you get started with our with our podcast.
1: Uh, so I guess the first thing that happened because it happened fairly quickly after the season ended. Um, Lindy Ruff is out, and uh, Ken Hitchcock came in fairly quickly. Uh, how are you? How are you feeling about that? So
0: I will. Not die on the hill of Lindy Ruff. Um, Because I do, he, by the time he went out, I don't know if he knew he was going on and he just decided to double down on being an asshole about something. (laughs) But, like, I got really, really frustrated watching the line combos he put together week after, night after night, game after game. Even though I am the first to admit he was not working with the best team that Nil had not addressed a lot of the issues that, you know, the previous offseason had left us. And, like, God knows what he was supposed to have done when we had all of those injuries on the forward line. He was continually putting together combinations that didn't work, and I didn't understand it. And by the time that we have Cody Eakin, first line center, playing the biggest <laughs> minutes, producing fuck all despite being <laughs> on of line with Jamie Ben. I, I, too, was like, nope, all right, Lindy Ruff, if you're not going to learn from this fucking mistake, why are you still here? That said, I do not particularly enjoy the addition of Ken Hitchcock. and But despite his press conferences and the nice things that he keeps saying about what he thinks he's going to do here in Dallas, I am going to reserve any and all judgment until it actually happens, because I watched the way he coached in... in a, uh, where was Saint <laughs> Louis? Saint Louis is the word I was. I was like, it's in Missouri. What's the name of it? <laughs> I watched the way he he coached in Saint Louis, and it's just not a system that's going to work with our team. Yeah, and I understand that coaches can be adaptive, and that's what he was doing with that team because that's the team they were. And I'm not saying he can't do something different. I'm saying at this point in time, <laughs> I'm not particularly excited.
1: Yeah, I think I think I'm right there with you. Um, there goes our yelling at each other plan um <laughs> well you know there, there's no time <laughs> there's plenty of time um no i think the one thing that makes me a little more like okay this might work is that um i know we've talked about them before but ryan Stimson put together some radar plots of just kind of overall like player styles but he also did team styles and if you looked at the St. Louis offense and the St. Louis defense, it actually, as a team style in these these tracking project, came out very, very similar to the Stars defense and the Stars offense from the year that we were good. Not this past year. Which gives me a little bit more hope. Like, I'm not, like, I'm not sold. That is a little bit more hope, but, like,
0: Lindy Ruff was also good that year.
1: Right. And so, yeah, I think... um, I think for me it's going to be a really, really interesting, I don't know, tense maybe, like couple months trying to watch to see how the defense has changed on Nils' side before I really try and buy into this is something Hitchcock can work with.
0: Yeah, because something absolutely needs to change on the defensive side. Like, obviously we cannot roll into next season with just a minor upgrade on our, well, that's point number two, but a minor <laughs> upgrade on our goaltending without doing anything about this effing defense. Yeah, yeah. I mean... It's so funny to me that the one thing that we had been drilling into everybody's head that it wasn't the defense, it was the goaltending, was the opposite of true this past season, it was... where it wasn't the goaltending, it was the defense. And they were like, no, 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 I know that we've been telling you this one thing, but it's <laughs>
1: You don't understand how different it is. <laughs> I know. I felt so bad too, because like, I, I mean, and you know, I wish people followed the stars as much as we follow the stars. But just, I mean, I even know as a national type writer, you can't, you can't follow every team oh, no. as closely as you should, as you want to. And so, like, I get, like, I get that these guys have to write about the Dallas Stars every once in a while, and. So it was just, like, easy for them to be, like, oh, well, look at their save percentages. They're not very good. (laughs) It's like, that's not what we're talking about. You got it wrong.
0: Why don't you look at some other things, too? Yeah.
1: Yeah, so... uh, Yeah. Do you want to get into point number two? Because I feel like point number two is probably going to be the big, big point. Because, like, we all knew... We all knew Ruff wasn't going to stick around. Like, we kind of no. knew. by
0: the end of last season, it was very, very obvious. I did not know that we were going to be able to land
1: Ben Bishop. So, how are you feeling about Ben Bishop?
0: Well, um, okay. So, <laughs> you have to know that I love Ben Bishop, uh, native Texan. Um, and... <sighs> I didn't know
1: he was a native Texan.
0: Um, I believe, I'm going to Google this now, but I believe he was born in the Dallas area. Oh my gosh.
1: So he definitely didn't grow up there. Sorry, no, he he was born in Denver, Colorado. Okay, okay. Well, there you go. Colorado's a great state, too. Sorry. Okay. But he did, he did spend a lot of time in Texas as a young college, hockey player. Yeah, he played for, um, the, the Dallas- Texas Tornado
0: of the North American, American Hockey League. Yeah. He moved, oh, sorry, no, he did. He moved to Frisco, Texas, where he graduated from high school. There you go. So he did He did actually live, spend some time in Texas. So I was like, I know he spent time in Texas. Anyway, um, I I am reservedly excited about Ben Bishop. And I say reservedly because I am aware of his age, the general health of his groinal region, <laughs> and the fact that he keeps... I'm I just want to make my- a
1: super cut of you just saying Groinal region. I think oh. that you should. Would you like me to say it a couple more times so Please, you really like, just different emphasis.
0: Groinal region. <laughs> Groinal region. Groin. Groinal <laughs> region. Groinal <laughs> region. <Gr-reinal laughs>
1: Thank you. I that enough. That.
0: You're welcome. I really, I'd like to help you out. Um. So, yeah, I mean, like, he's pulled those muscles enough times that I kind of wonder how much more elasticity they have. Right. Uh, and so, and, and I, you know, just looking at his, I just worry that he's going to come in, people are going to look at him, and they're going to expect, like, superhuman goaltending because we've had average goaltending for so long and I know that that's not who Ben Bishop is so I feel like he's coming in with a lot of expectation and he's not going to deliver because that's not he's not Lundqvist. you know what I mean he's mm-hmm. not Carey Price he's a younger version of the goaltenders we already have
1: yeah I think I, I, yeah I'm. I'm pretty much right there with you like I think my main thing is that like um, Tampa, Tampa's defense in the years that he got his accolades. So when he got his Vezina nominations, even though he's never won, has been actually very good. And that's the part of it that worries me
0: is that the re- people will look at his success and his past history and they'll say, "Oh, but he's recently been to the
1: Stanley Cup fucking finals." And yeah, he has. But look at the team he was playing behind. He is not going to be playing behind that in Dallas. Yeah, not at all. And that's not to say that Dallas can't eventually have a good defense because we're, you know, clearly no open I on that. Either. And I'm also
0: – that's kind of why I'm reserving a lot of things because until I know what our defense is going to look like in the, in the fall, I don't even know how to judge the Ben Bishop acquisition. Like, yeah, you know, he's probably going to be an improvement on at least one of the guys that we already have. But first of all, which one? <laughs> and
1: right. Second of all, like – Who
0: is he going to be playing behind?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think I think my other my other question, I guess, really ends up being like not question, but my other concern ends up being like that's a really long contract for a thirty year old goalie. And
0: from what I understand, they are front loading it so that if they have to buy him out later, it's going to be cheaper.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was pretty front loaded. He's. Not, I don't think, if I remember correctly, he's not even um, signing bonus protected for the potential lockout, which oh, is good. And... I might be wrong about that. I would have to double check. Um, and it's not like he has a no-movement clause or anything like that. But, I mean, obviously, he's the one we're protecting in, in the expansion draft. But, like, I think my issue ends up being, like, why sign it if you're just already worried, like, concerned about the buyout you know what i mean like i get because that he,
0: he wouldn't come for less as far as i know
1: yeah and i understand that but like then you have to make that trade-off is like well is he that good
0: no he's not
1: and he's not and that's really where i'm, I'm coming from it it's like he's not going to be good for six years if you're already ca- you know um you're already planning for this to fail then what's the point of signing it in the first place
0: I don't know that I would say planning to fail so much as I would say that he is making a desperate move and trying to make the best of it.
1: Yeah, and I what? think that's I think that's really the thing is I, I I mean, I think what we're seeing right now in Dallas is kind of a split in that I've heard rumors that like Jim Neal was on the chopping block also. And what for whatever reason, he didn't go. And, I mean, frankly, you could have justified firing him. You could have easily justified firing oh, him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the fact that he didn't, though, I feel like there's a lot of ownership involvement, like, specifically in the Ken Hitchcock hire. Like, I know for a fact that was Gallardi's guy. Like, that's who he wanted. And they're friends. Like, that's, and that's a ma- major thing. I mean, we kind of saw it with um, Columbus when they brought in Tortorella. That was uh, the v- the president of Acheops' friend right and so it's not always nil making these decisions and i feel like well nil does like ben bishop because he was going after him at the draft last year he turned him down because the price was too high and yeah. yet for some reason now the price isn't too high you know what i mean yeah and so i feel like there's yeah. there's additional pressures that you know we as you know fans or or media aren't really privy to coming probably from ownership to get like a really big name guy to head up our net even if he's not like the best guy like scott darling probably would have been the better choice
0: he absolutely would have and i'm still very very mixed that he went to carolina
1: that's not surprising but i'm you know i am no it's not surprising but i'm
0: still i'm still very upset well (laughs) upset is the wrong word i'm Salty about the fact <laughs> that I still cannot root for Scott Darling with my whole heart.
1: You don't like Carolina? I like Carolina. Uh I said my whole heart. <laughs> True. Okay. Not your first heart. Right.
0: Um I I I have no hard feelings whatsoever about Carolina, except that I don't particularly care for Jeff Skinner.
1: Yeah, I mean that's fine. He's but- a wank baby. <laughs> So it's actually kind of nice that we uh, ended up having to put off the the podcast till today because Micah McCurdy debuted a new goaltending statistic just a couple of hours ago. So, oh, I haven't seen it. Oh, let me... I will, I will DM you this link right now so you can look at it. But scroll oh, to the I bottom. Was... And we'll put this picture up on the, the podcast as well. Basically he goes through all the math and stuff of how he comes up with this goaltending statistic he's calling standardized goals against and the idea is that he is trying to find a way to adjust for the fact that some teams have better defense and also trying to adjust for the fact that not all shots are equal and some, you know, some goaltenders see because of the type, style of defense they play, um some goaltenders see shots from further out or shots from closer in or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if you scroll to the bottom of the link, it's got a really big picture of basically yeah. every goaltender in the in the league and the results from last year. And in true Micah style, he's got his four little corners, good and bad, and then overperforming and underperforming, and then the median line. And if you look at that...
0: Miami was literally right in the middle of everything.
1: Yeah, like right in the middle, of, just a tiny bit on the underperforming side, but definitely well within in range, right? Right. Um, and then if you look, Bishop is right, very close to him, right? Like, and he's he's on the correct side of the line, so that's good. But if you look at
0: and Letman, right up there with King anyway, Letman was apparently in the good town
1: yep, right up there with Cam Talbot, who should have probably been a, a Vezina nomination. So, it... That's impressive. Yeah, huh. yeah. I knew, I knew that Lutton had a good year, but that's nice. Yeah, so I think for me, like, my concern ends up being like, okay, well, this was obviously Bishop's worst year. We know that. Like, that's yes. by every measure. But is he gonna get back to good Bishop, or is he going to stay yeah. kind of in this range? Which Bishop did we sign? Right, so I'm I'm kind of concerned about that, and I think I think people are kind of undervaluing the goaltending we got this year, and I think this is a good metric that kind of shows how good it was. I would like to point out because
0: I've been called out on this before that I was always tooting this horn this whole season that we actually were getting good goaltending and we should appreciate
1: it when we have it. <laughs> I know you were. I was right there with you. I, I yes. We no, were... I'm not saying you weren't. I'm saying that we were. We were on this train together. Yeah. Uh, no, I appreciate. Yeah. That train, you and me, we will be on it. Um. So yeah, we're I'm a little
0: screw. Anyway.
1: So we have. So uh, we already answered Julia's question because she asked, "How do you feel about the bishop acquisition?" Sure. Ryan asks, "What should Dallas do with the three goalies if parentheses when none of them get picked in the expansion draft?"
0: I imagine they're going to have to buy one out.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty confident Niami's getting bought out this year.
0: Well, isn't he making less per season?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. Well, So so, he'd be the cheapest to buy out anyway. They
1: only have one year left in that contract, right? Right. They both only have one left on the contract, so it's not like either one is particularly expensive to buy out. But given the results that Letnin posted last year, I assume it's going to be Niemie.
0: Yeah, it would be done to do Dunyami. I mean, uh, Lennon, unless they can trade him for something.
1: Right, and I, you know, honestly, even though I feel like the Stars would be comfortable going into the season with, like, a Bishop as a true, true starter, and then Lennon as backup, just for the fi- last year, I wouldn't be particularly surprised to see another move on goaltending as well. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't shock me at all. I'd be like, oh yeah, that, that, that was coming. Yep. But I also wouldn't be, like, upset if that thing happened. If it, or rather, I should say, nothing happened past buying out one of the two.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would rather keep Letnin than Niemi. and I did, I did not expect to say that last season before last season, but I would not, I would, I would rather keep Letnin and um, let him bail out Bishop if he needs to.
1: Mm-hmm. So the other kind of big deal happening right now uh, is the Stanley Cup final. I guess it is a big deal. <laughs> I guess. Have you been watching any of the playoffs? I have. Uh,
0: okay, so you have to understand. Well, you don't have to understand. I was very disappointed in the in the Dallas Stars season. And uh, none of the teams that made it are per- teams I particularly cared about. I did watch um, some of CBJ because I wanted to watch Sam Gagne in the playoffs again. But um, I just, like, no, I haven't really been as good about watching it as I have been in seasons past. Uh, I said to myself, hey, self, you will watch the final when it happens, and I didn't even watch game one. But I also was not home for game one. I was out and came home, and they had already had, like, we were already at a point where the Penguins had eight shots on goal in the third period. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't particularly sad to have missed that exercise in frustration, not gonna lie. Um, but I, we are gonna be watching tonight's game.
1: Uh, so, Amanda- I've been been killing dragons instead. (laughs) That's right, you have a new non-Mass Effect game that you're obsessed with. Yeah, but it's still bioware, so I don't even know if it counts. Uh, Amanda asked, and she asked this a long time ago, and I just completely forgot to check the uh, check the what is that called? Email.
0: Yeah. Uh, we'll look at her email, but honestly it comes to my phone, so I do look I do see them, but sometimes I'm like, hey, Carolyn, can you answer this question? <laughs> that just got asked.
1: <laughs> but Amanda was asking, what player or team has surprised you most in the playoffs? Um, I did not think that the Penguins were going to be able to make it to the final. Yeah, me I neither. I am
0: honestly incredibly surprised that they are in the final.
1: I thought, um, I thought I the Caps th- would pull it out. I thought the Caps would do this. I honestly had the had the Blue Jackets coming oh, out wow. of the uh, that
0: That is how much I did not believe in the Penguins.
1: Wow. No, I definitely, I had the Penguins over the Blue Jackets, but I thought the Caps for sure would pull that out. And like, what an awful Game 7 for them, right? Yeah. Like, they just yeah. did not even try at the end they, of the third. I I would have been very demoralized as a fan watching that game. Uh, what team has, has surprised you in a good way? Like, other than the Penguins, or like, is there a player that you like? Um, I mean,
0: I'm genuinely happy for the National Predators in a way that I never would have predicted coming into the the playoffs because, you know, division rival, I generally hate the color yellow. Um <laughs> right and every horse they rode in on. But um they haven't really surprised me, except that I am surprised every time they get offense. But <laughs> um, um I'm genuinely happy for p k c van and Vern Fiddler. I don't particularly care about any of the rest of that team, but um that hasn't really surprised that hasn't surprised me in a good way. It's just more like, oh yeah, well, you know if they win it this year, they're not gonna not be happy. You know what I mean, yeah, but like additionally, I would not be happy if Phil Kessel is the first Kessel to get a repeat championship of any kind, so
1: that's true. He would be yeah. yep, i I'm trying to think if there was a particular player that's really stood out. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to keep on the Nashville train. I've been so surprised at how good Pecarine has been, aside from Game One of this year, final. I honestly thought his best him, and apparently, I was wrong. Yeah, no, I mean, well, because he's been kind of all over the map, and then all of a sudden, the playoffs came around, and he was like, "Nope, we're shutting this shit down."
0: Well, it's like he was so good for when I when he would, he was already. He was so good when I first started watching hockey, and then midway through, you know, when I started in now, it he started he really started going downhill, and uh, you know, other people were having to step up and take over for him. And now it's like, oh wait, no, Pekarina is good again. I know. <laughs> How did that happen? Little little late 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 uh, career renaissance for the man. Not not unhappy for him.
1: I think I think if the predators win, he's definitely their their Conn Smythe candidate. He's got to be. Despite despite what happened in game
0: 1, he's got to be. Who because you... game 1 could hardly be like he it was basically like he was coming in as relief every time the fucking penguins got a shot on net,
1: <laughs> right? Like 37 minutes without a shot on goal. Ugh, that was ridiculous. Uh what? well, which say speaking of Andrew, has, oh, thank you. yeah, all right, here we go. Andrew has a question. Would y'all rather watch five hours of the second period Penguins played in the game one, so that particular no shot period, or five hours of the Senators playing without Carlson?
0: I think I'd rather watch the Senators without Carlson, and I will tell you, it is because that at least would probably be more interesting than watching paint dry.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I mean, I mean. Basically, the Penguins in period two is, like, just watching the Zamboni for a good, like, 37 I, minutes.
0: Like I said, I did not watch it, so I, I'm only extrapolating based on the data that I have before me. And the data that I have before me is that they did nothing. They might as well have laid down in the ice <laughs> and to take care of everything. So... Dude. I'm not convinced that didn't actually happen. And since <laughs> I didn't watch the game,
1: nobody can tell me otherwise. <laughs> Do you think it was the, the right move going with Murray? Do you think that's, that's what sparked them in the, to get over the Senators in Game 7?
0: I mean, something sparked them. Um, I mean, we, we know that pulling the goalie or making goalie changes is not always about the goalie. Sometimes it's about the way the team is playing in front of the goalie. And I think that feeling like they had let down uh, Flurry, it was Flurry,
1: right? Yeah, it was Flurry.
0: Yeah, I was like, it wasn't, he didn't get injured somewhere and I wasn't paying attention. No, I feel like, I feel like maybe thinking they had let down Flurry made them play better in front of Murray. I mean, that, that happens all the time. Mm hmm So, um... I'm not going to say it was the sum total of the reason they won Game 7, but I'm not going to say it wasn't a factor.
1: Yeah, I think...
0: I'm, like, prevaricating all over the place. That is, like, the third time I've used that particular narrative tip (laughs) in my conversation tonight. And this is going to be one of the most annoying podcasts for anyone to listen to.
1: Well, if it wasn't already... (laughs) <laughs> it is now. That's our new tagline. Yeah,
0: use this on every question for the rest of the night.
1: New tagline: the most annoying podcast you will ever listen to. Ever. Ever. I feel like we should do like super New Jersey voices or something, like Fran Drescher, and then we can oh, really I've- own it.
0: That before I do it, I'm not. <laughs> I am not good at that accent.
1: You know, I will say, I will say, the Senators surprised me a lot. I did not did not like if you you had the pens going out in the first round i had the Sens going out in the first round like i did I not had expect
0: that in the first round as well i am actually also very surprised i made it to the conference finals um i'm also actually kind of surprised that the predators made it past the ducks i'm happy they made it past the ducks because fuck the ducks but like i i'm while i am cautiously happy that the ducks gave us their first round pick. I'm also kind of like I I could have done with you going out in the first round and just, you know, being a loser forever.
1: See, but. I have a plan. I have this thing. I have this feeling that we're going to end up trading that first round pick back to the Ducks for somebody on their team that they can't protect. Maybe it's Gibson. I don't know if it's Gibson. I don't know about Gibson, but maybe like a defender or I'm just Silverberg. I, like I mean, he's okay. I I'm I'm not that sold on Gibson. I'm not that sold on Gibson. That's fine. You don't
0: have to be. I'll
1: let American you hero Gibson, John Gibson, up there above price on this scatter plot. Oh well, he is. <laughs> yeah. So fuck you and your expectations. <laughs> well, we can always draft American hero, hero Jake Ottinger with that pick. So I don't know if we need that that goalie particular.
0: That's fine. I'm just saying I wouldn't <laughs> mind having John Gibson in our arsenal along with ben bishop
1: and his groin
0: groin
1: (laughs) (laughs) do you want to get into reader questions yeah let's do it do you want to ask first or should i ask first
0: i'll ask first okay if you were the stars i'm sorry elena asks if you were the stars gm what's one move you would try to make this summer and if you were the fantasy gm what's one move you'd make
1: uh, I think for me, my biggest, biggest concern would be offloading Alexiac and Nemeth at some point. Yeah. Like, these guys just don't have trade value. Like, they just don't. So, like, no. let somebody give you a seventh for it. Like, yes. just do it. Just, like, freaking do it.
0: Agreed. Uh, that is also the move I would make. I mean, I would unload them, and then I would try to do something and get better goal t- uh, defense in right now that could help us win right now during J.B. Ben and Tyler Sagan's best years.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think the other thing that I think not a lot of people are talking about but really need to be talking about is that we're going to need some top six help Top six help because I don't... Maybe Patrick Sharp comes back and maybe Alish comes back, but with the injury history those two both have, coming off this year like if they do they're coming back on a super cheap deals and shouldn't be expected to play a whole lot of minutes and like we don't there's no guarantee that they'll be who they were before those injuries you know what i mean yeah that's two top six guys right there that we're losing and it does free up a ton of cap space it frees up like 10 million dollars in cap space that they're not going to be there. <laughs> that is so much money we had invested in those two. Right? Well, it worked for a year. <laughs> and then it, it did? not And then it didn't work last year, and it wasn't either of their fault. And I feel bad about that. But, like, at some point, I we can... will need to get top six players. Honestly, I feel like the
0: biggest loser this last season is probably Alex Hemsky.
1: God, for real. I feel so bad for him. I do, too. I, I, I honestly 100% really
0: do feel bad for him because... This was a contract year for him, and he didn't get to play a minute. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, did he play at the end He played, like, season? I think he played 11 games. Okay. He didn't get to play a hot minute. Right. Well, and I mean, and the good news is that the Stars have a ton of money to play with. Like, even uh-huh. with all three goalies on the books, we have f- over $16,000 of, or say $16 million projected gap space, and mm-hmm. if we buy out Emmy that gives i think three thousand three million dollars back so that's Maybe almost 20 we can million sign dollars patrick back i think we should sign patrick eaves i'd love patrick eaves to come back um yeah i just i just he's still like not like your prototypical top six guy though you know what i mean like he's really fantastic he got a fantastic no, but year he
0: performed so freaking well on those lines that he was yeah. On with the top six, and he was on the top six. He actually performed like a top six player.
1: Yeah, no, way better I'm... than Cody fucking Eakin. <laughs> okay, let's not use that as our basis of comparison, though. <laughs> <'Cause> I, now...
0: <laughs> I he was on the top six instead of Patrick Eves, Yeah, at the end because Patrick Eaves was gone. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, I mean I agree. I, I mean I, I'm not saying I wouldn't want Patrick Eaves back, but even if we get Patrick Eaves back, that's still only one of two guys. We'll True. still need another top six player. Antoine I, Roussel. Antoine Roussel should not be on the top six. <laughs> not.
0: Uh, if you were the fantasy GM, what's one move you'd make?
1: Brandon Boling to our AHL team. Um, I... Don't have a problem with that. Um, <laughs> like, that's as far as I will, I'm willing to go for Brandon Bowling. I'm like, I don't even want you on my bottom six anymore. <laughs> if I
0: were the fantasy GM, I would probably try to, to coerce um, Oduya into coming back.
1: Oh, yeah. 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 Speaking of guys that you really like, you know Sam Gagne is a free agent, right?
0: I do! I do. I'm
1: aware. <laughs> I'm so aware.
0: And we could probably have him for pretty cheap.
1: Yeah. We're because trying.
0: only making, like, the league basement last year. So, yeah, make that happen, Jim Nil, and you will have my devotion for <laughs> it. All I want in this life is to buy a Sam Gagne Dallas Stars jersey and have it make sense.
1: Uh... <laughs> So I'm going to ask you this next question, because it's it's along the same lines. Oh, Lord. What's the... Hutton Jackson asks, what's the best hypothetical trade you can come up with before the draft?
0: Uh, see, you're a better person asking this question, because you know more about what's going on on other teams. Um.
1: Well, if it's a hypothetical trade, I feel like you can I mean, get kind of wild with it. If it's a hypothetical
0: trade... Um... That's a hypothetical trade. I would like to do a package of our our second first round pick, Alexiak, Nemeth, and one of our aged goaltenders (laughs) to, um, uh, oh man, where do I want them to go? Uh, to Montreal for Carey Price.
1: (laughs) You know, I had a feeling that it was going to end in Carey Price. (laughs) Why would it not end in Carey Price? Well, I don't know. I don't know. You know what?
0: Here's... Maybe we give them both of our age advantage. <laughs> and then Ben Bishop can back Carey Price up. That'd be great. I wouldn't worry about Ben Bishop's groin then. Right?
1: Just Carey Price's knee. Uh Just Carey Price's knee. I know. That is, you know. they're But together, they're a whole goaltender.
0: Yes, yeah, see? <laughs> All we need to do is, like, well, you can't see my hand motions, but... I'm, like, I, I'm kind of frankensteining it over here. <laughs> uh,
1: I think for me, I would do a similar package, uh, but I would do, like, one of Alexiak and Nemeth, the other can be our 7th D, and Cody Eakin for Jordan Everly. See, that, that's a serious one that I would do.
0: I, I didn't say that one because it's silly, but, I mean, I said the other one because it's silly, and I was going to be silly with it anyway. But, um, no. I could, I would actually be cool with that because we need top six. Yeah, and I think um, it makes a
1: lot of sense for the stars to be in on Jordan Eberle. I just wonder if, like, Chiarelli will ever trade with Jim Neal again.
0: (laughs) I mean, he got taken to the cleaners.
1: He got taken to the cleaners in the second trade.
0: But he still thinks, I mean, out loud, he still thinks he made the right decision. So maybe he's like, oh, I can take Jim Miller, the cleaners again. Yeah, take this horrible player that's not doing well for us. Oh yeah, okay, we'll take that top ten player.
1: I think I think we really need a former first round pick and a defensive center, Peter uh-huh. Chiarelli. That's what you need. He's a ginger, so he's gonna look terrible in your uh, <laughs> uniform. Do you you know they're going to that like blood red color? Like as they are not. They are. They're getting rid of the blue entirely because this whole transition from Reebok to Adidas, 12 different teams are getting new uniforms. Actually, I think the stars are one of them, but not like a whole, like the The stars are reported to have minimal changes, just like stuff to put like, like they'll probably change up some of the striping and stuff, but the logo's staying the same. But uh-huh. like, yeah, like the Oilers are going full on all orange as their home jerseys.
0: God, I am so glad I dumped them when I did.
1: I like, <laughs> I, I could not, I could not handle
0: that. I would not handle that. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, if they want to get in on the Jordan Eberle thing, I think that that would be good. If they want to sign Sam Gagne as well, I could have all of my favorite Oilers babies except for Dubnyk, who is
1: never leaving Minnesota. No. At this rate. Or Taylor Hall. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know I don't who? Need Taylor Hall, though. You know who also needs. High-end players to play on his wing, though, or play with him, though, is Taylor Hall. True. Do you think Cheeryle would trade the o- Eberle to the Devils? Because he definitely thinks he got the better end of that deal.
0: He does think he got the better end of that deal.
1: Like, like, there's no no equivocating there. He thinks Larson is a better player than Taylor Hall. Here's the thing. I know that's and that's see that's the reason that
0: I think he actually would trade Jordan Eberle. To the Dallas Stars for Cody Eakin in a one-for-one, and he'd think he he did pretty well. Um, Because he's actually quite dumb. But... Or at least, if not dumb, at least really, really, really bad at evaluating players. Here's the thing. Here's what I would like to see. If Jordan and Eberle and Sam Gagne are not going to come here, I would like to see both of them go to the Devils, so that the Devils can become my East Coast team. Because then they'll have three of my former Oilers babies, and I could be like, okay, well, Steve, this is why I like this team now. I heard my they're stars, getting new uniforms, oh. too. I, I really like, I love the stars and will love the stars no matter who is on that team, but I will, my interest will, you know, wax and wane with other teams, depending on their personnel. Like, I used to be a huge fan of the... That is, by the way, is Carolyn's cat, not mine. My cat has not bothered
1: us during podcast so far. That's Madeline uh, with her opinions.
0: Yeah. So, anyway, I would, I can't remember what my sentence was before I felt the need to defend my cat's honor, but, um, <laughs> I would call the Devils my second, well, third favorite team at that point.
1: I, yeah. I heard they're getting a new uniform, too. They're going back to like the red and green, I think.
0: They're going back to Christmas
1: colors. Yeah, I think.
0: God, do you know how ugly the Battle of, of, oh God, what the name? What is the name of that province? Alberta. Alberta. The Battle of Alberta is gonna be when the Oilers are all orange.
1: <laughs> if it wasn't ugly before, it's gonna be ugly now. It- it's gonna, I mean, like, the flames are already hard to look at, and I don't understand <laughs> it.
0: But, like, what the crap, buddy? I don't, why are you doing this to yourself?
1: Well, the good news is at least one of the teams is gonna be wearing white.
0: With orange accents. Orange uh, or orange
1: accents. Yeah, I know, I know. Okay, I feel like we should move on, because we've got a lot of questions, because people save yeah.
0: them
1: up. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine, let's do it.
0: Uh, is it my turn? It is yes, your it. turn. Uh, Julia asks, how do you feel about Sagan's puppy acquisition? Let's just take these one at a time. Okay. Because she asked a lot. How do you feel
1: about Sagan's puppy acquisition? I am pro puppy acquisition. However, I'm starting to get a little worried that Tyler is like a puppy hoarder.
0: I, You know what I'm starting to get a little worried about is that he is buying feelings dogs. Right? <laughs> right? And- <laughs> I mean, like, kind of like therapy shopping for dogs the way I therapy shop for, like, video games, books, and movies. Like, you know, and I'm not saying he doesn't take care of his dogs, and I'm not saying he doesn't love them all individually in his own special Tyler Sagan way. I just kind of (laughs) worry about his mental state.
1: Like, maybe next time put down the puppy. Maybe next time just, like, go to, like, a petting zoo.
0: I mean, maybe t- maybe next time, like, volunteer at a shelter like Tom Hardy does, and just go in and pet all the dogs and then leave.
1: Yeah, that's what you should do. We like, need to sign Tyler Sagan up for some dog walking.
0: Yes. Although, I gotta say, if he's gonna collect a lab in every single color, he still has one more to go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> one more bad thing is gonna happen to Tyler Sagan, because we've found the pattern. We have found the pattern. <laughs> oh, that's sad yep what did he end up naming his dog i didn't see it i haven't seen it either okay well tbd it might be
0: on the instagram he posted an instagram uh uh, well whatever their version of snapchat is i don't know what it's called yeah i don't the story i think anyway he posted a thing like that and he was talking on it and i don't know if he was revealing the name of the dog or not well i did i didn't i was at work so i did not have an opportunity to actually listen to it
1: we'll we'll find out tbd on that
0: so, uh, the next question is, how are Carolyn's kitties doing with the move?
1: Well, as you can tell, Ma- Madeline is still her normal opinionated self. Um, they actually are doing really, really well. Um, I even let them go outside every once in a while because we have a nice big fenced in backyard back here and there's like birds and stuff huh. and, uh, they come right back inside too. <laughs> They're like, I don't know about this outdoor stuff.
0: <laughs> That's funny.
1: They're cute. They're doing very well. Good. Uh, is Maren
0: going to visit her just to go to an ABS game and flip Landis Cog off? Well, first of all, I would not go to an ABS game just to flip Landis Cog off. I can do that from the freedom of outside.
1: But you would do it while you were
0: there. If I were to go visit you, I mean, first of all, I already have a trip to Colorado planned. It's with my family, yes, but seeing you will be a bonus. Um, Plus, I wasn't expecting you to move this year and did not have everything, like, all of my vacation time planned out. So, (laughs) you're getting tacked on to another another trip. Um, And now that I'm thinking about it, we should look and see if there's an Avs game when I'm coming. We should. For sure. Yeah, just see if it works out and if my family will give me up for a night. Um, But, I mean, yes, I will flip Landis Cog off in the event that I go to a game. (laughs) I will also very happily flip off the arena, uh, just like I did when I visited Anaheim and drove past the Ducks Arena like a bajillion times. I flipped it off literally every single time, because fuck the Ducks. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, I mean, I think that I I would go and flip him off, but I'm not going to go visit you just to do that. That would be like the chocolate sprinkles on the delicious cake
1: or ice cream. (laughs) Or whatever that I am eating that has have sprinkled on it.
0: That would be visiting you.
1: Excellent. I like this metaphor. Yes, you're yeah, welcome.
0: I will be the same. Um, so the next thing is, please swear a lot about the Olympics and go. Um, will this help the women's teams get more coverage?
1: You know, I'm almost out of swears about the Olympics. Like, at this point... I think we've talked about the Olympics before, and it's, it's like, it's... First of all, I will swear about it. It's a fucking travesty. <laughs>
0: Because it is the stupidest thing ever that we're like, grow the game, grow the game, grow the game. We're not going to go to the biggest international stage that we could possibly get to for our tiny North American sport. Um, That also has teams in other countries. But, like, like, the NHL is a tiny North American thing. Yeah. On the global stage. And the fact that they're deciding not to go... Uh, is bullshit, because Canada is going to then field a team of God knows what.
1: Yeah, that's my real thing, is, like, who do they even send?
0: I mean, they're gonna have to go back to mining juniors teams or, um, major juniors teams or, like, college.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be, like, college major juniors and guys that are playing in the KHL. But there's not that many Americans or Canadians who play in the KHL or Europe. No. Um, are there...
0: What could
1: would the AHL be allowed to go? So I was asking this question of Sean Shapiro, who's a you guys should follow if you're Stars fans. Um, he says it's going to be kind of or currently there the understanding is that it's very team dependent, and it's going to be more likely that if you're a soon to be called up prospect, you won't be allowed to go. So like all the best prospects that are ready, NHL ready likely won't be able to go, but anybody who's further down the line would be able to go. So, like, if you're not the first guy on the depth chart, but the seventh guy on the depth chart, you would be cool.
0: Why would you want the seventh guy on the depth chart?
1: Right. So, it's, I mean, it's going to be, like, there is nothing to indicate that any team but Russia is going to be actually good. yeah. Because Russia actually has a lot of really good players in the KHL, unlike the NHL and the, and the or unlike America and Canada, who keeps all their best players at home. Because that is home for them, and, you know?
0: And Russia won't have to deal with, like, cold shouldering its Russian players coming back from the NHL this year. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, that's a lot of bullshit, and I'm actually really mad about it still. And um, I... Don't think it's going to help women's teams get more coverage because a lot of the coverage we we're seeing is sponsored by the NHL, and I don't think the NHL is going to care.
1: Yeah, I, well, first and foremost, the NHL doesn't give a shit about the women's game. No. Um, and no, I I don't think it'll help the women's team get more coverage. I do think the women's team themselves are better able to advocate for coverage than they were back in Sochi. Uh-huh. I feel like what we saw with the uh, women's worlds was a really huge step forward um, in their own agency and kind of trying to bring women's hockey to the forefront. Um, So while I think they'll still probably devote more time to men's hockey, despite the awfulness of the teams that will get fielded, um, I think women, the women are more prepared.
0: I don't think they're going to devote more time to to hockey. I think that, like, North American broadcasts are just going to forget that sport exists.
1: Oh, I think, yeah, that's actually probably more likely.
0: Yeah. I think that if, 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 like, some miracle occurs, like, literally the miracle on ice, (laughs) then, then, yeah, the men's team would get coverage. But otherwise, I think they're just going to be like, and here's more ice skating.
1: Yeah, that's true. The women's team won't get more coverage. The ice skating will get more coverage. Ice skates.
0: Yeah, I, I think that women's, the women's teams will get the same amount of coverage that they got the last time. Luge.
1: Yeah.
0: Luge. I mean, to be fair, not to be fair, I watch literally every event, so I will watch all of it anyway, but um, it doesn't really matter to me what gets the most coverage because I just watch the live streams during the day. But... Um, yeah, I don't know. It's bullshit. I, nothing is ever going to be, and unless every country is only fielding college students like they were doing back, like
1: back in the technically day,
0: supposed to be doing back in the days of Miracle on Ice, then we should also be sending our professionals. This is stupid.
1: Yeah, no, all the other players are going to be professionals in the Euro and and KHL.
0: Yeah, so this is going to be bad.
1: Anyway, <laughs> okay, now it's your turn to ask a question. Uh, Jen asks. <laughs> Please speculate on GMGM, a.k.a. GM McDrama Llama, uh, traumaful dramaful trades and signings for Las Vegas.
0: Uh, Who is GM McDrama
1: Llama? George McPhee, Las Vegas.
0: Okay. How about I ask you these questions? Because (laughs) the only one I have an opinion on is number two. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, Jen. You just ask a bunch of Carolyn questions, like, every single week. Um, Please speculate
1: on TMTM drama trades and signings, Carolyn. Oh, gosh. See, here's... A, I don't have an answer for this question. Because there is so much up in the air. Like, no one knows what's going to happen. Um, like, I, I can't even say. Like, we're actually expecting to get some some trade stuff this week um, coming down the pipe. One thing we are expecting to see is a Blackhawks trade. So, um, Frank Valley. Uh, put out the report. I made little finger quotes uh, today that the Blackhawks were going to trade uh, Marcus Kruger to Vegas and let them take Trevor Van Riemsdyk, or vice versa. Like the the point was the two were linked. Like one would be a trade and one would be a pick. And that's specifically to get Marcus Kruger's contract off the books. And like. <coughs> Assuming that's the move that they make, something
0: they've been overpaying
1: their players for forever. Right. Well, I mean, it's just kind of funny because like every single other GM is complicit in helping the Blackhawks get back to the cap. And I'm actually a bigger fan of Marcus Kruger than a lot of analyst type people are, and um, that's still a really bad trade to make if. And partially, it's such a bad trade debate because Trevor Van Riemsdyk isn't very good. And yet, for some reason, he has this mystique about him that he's got so much potential. The guy is 26. (laughs) Like, you're not (laughs) talking like a 21-year-old. You're talking 26. Like, he's not like, he's older than Jamie Alexiak. God, that's, yeah, he is. Yes, he is. And so, like, I mean, so that's probably going to happen, though. Because every GM, just for some reason, thinks it's totes awesome to pick up the Blackhawks' scraps. And while I actually really agree with it in Carolina's case in grabbing Darling, in grabbing Tara Vinen for Bickle's contract, this one in particular doesn't make any sense, because the really good prospect they're getting for the taking on Kruger's bad contract is just not good. Unlike the Tara Vinen-Bickle one. Mm-hmm. So, there's going to be some drama. Apparently, there's already a first round pick and play, but we just don't know who's. Um, and I know for a fact, like...
0: I hope it's not ours.
1: You know, but depending on for what, right? And we've got two. Yeah. I don't think the stars will trade the four. I hope it's not our number three. Yeah, I don't think the stars will trade that. And if they do trade that, it's, like, probably going to be traded back to, like, number th- four or number five, which is fine, yeah. right? Because you're getting pretty similar prospect in all of those slots um but no like but and but it was specifically they said it was going to be for a bad contract and i don't think the stars have any contracts that are that bad that it would necessitate giving up a first round pick no um so we'll see we'll see but it's going to be a lot of fun i'm really looking forward to it
0: yeah yeah the expansion draft should be interesting
1: June eighteenth, everything's gonna blow up. That's it that's what that's the protection or. lists coming out.
0: Nice. I'm glad they're actually releasing them. I know, me too. Uh okay, number two. I really want to see PK and Fids win a cup. That's not really a
1: question, Jen, but I agree. Yeah, I think that's I mean that's what we're all rooting for here.
0: Yeah, that that, that um do, do you remember that picture that they tweeted out like there was a set of four pictures and the last picture had the entire huddle. It was when they won the West, uh, Western Conference Championship. When, like at the very end, there was this huddle of all of the predators in the background and then PK Subban and Vern Fiddler were in the foreground, like in each other's faces, yelling and about to hug. And I was just like, "This, this is this is what I'm here for. This is literally the reason that I am here. I love hockey sometimes. You are the people that I love. All right. So, okay. Number three, why haven't the Buttes signed anyone yet?
1: Well, so that was a good question yesterday. Uh, But they did sign somebody today. So today was the very last day of um, NWHL restricted free agency. And they re-signed Corinne Bowie, who um, I think was tied for points points lead on the Buttes last season. So it was a really good re-signing. And she was the one who scored that amazing goal in the final um that kind of really like sealed the deal for them um and so they have signed her but yeah it's actually really concerning that they've only got the one person re-signed and none of their goaltenders re-signing like we knew brienne mclaughlin wasn't coming back but um they don't have even mandy Leve re-signed and she was kind of expected to be their like starter this year so it's a bit concerning. I heard through the grapevine that we should expect a lot of drama in the UFA signings, which should start tomorrow. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so like a lot of people are apparently going to change teams, which is going to be interesting. Okay. Um, so I will ask this next question. Okay. C asks, will we see the return of Major General Patrick Eves next season? Well,
0: um, if they're talking about the Twitter, I don't know. I don't know don't know who runs that and whether or not they will be continuing to tweet. Uh, if we're talking about the player himself, yes, sure. I would love to have Major General Patrick Eaves back on our uh, roster. Um, whether or not we will, uh, I don't know. He's paid lip service to wanting to stay with Anaheim. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if that was just like being polite at the end of the season or if that's genuinely in the cards for him. Um, I would... I mean, my bets would be stuck 50-50 anyway. Um,
1: be happy see him back. I think he's great. Um, so the next question. How many points do we think the Bishop-Niemi-Lettinen line puts up? <laughs> uh, negative Uh, 400. Well, you know, actually, Niemi and Lettinen both put up a couple of assists this year.
0: I know, that was a joke. It was a joke, Carolyn. It was a joke. Really? Uh, I don't
1: have a sense of humor.
0: At all. It got sucked out of you on your way out of Texas. (laughs) I left it in the panhandle. (laughs) Uh, I I leave a lot of things in the panhandle. (laughs) That is a very depressing place to be. (laughs) I have driven through it on several occasions and it's one of those things where I was like, this is what, this is where joy goes to die. This is literally where joy goes to die. Um... (laughs) Yes, um, so how many points do I think they'll put up? I mean, I don't know what bishops assists look like, but, like, I'm going to give them a solid, I don't know,
1: 20. Uh, I think I'd think be a fourth line line, so, yeah, that sounds about right. Sounds about right. Nice. I do think Bishop, so Bishop was actually always known on Tampa Bay as kind of a puck handler. So he'll probably get some assists if we're talking about yeah. it seriously. Like he probably will actually put up a couple of points for real. No. Oh, yeah. So that would be fun. Well, I had some really good, uh, like
0: high passes. Yes. High passes down the middle. Um, I mean, there was that beautiful one, not this past season, but I think the season before to, to Tyler Sagan that I still think about in my dreams. Um, <laughs> So Yeah. I I mean, yeah, let's let's go with twenty. Okay. Amanda asks any suggestions on Hurricanes, Twitters, or podcasts to follow, or even other hockey podcasts that are
1: hosted by women? Um so as far as podcasts hosted by women, um what, wait, wait, what's I saying? Just came back, actually. So they're a pretty fun little podcast. Um, they are a fun podcast. I like them. All three people who, who uh, collaborate on that are all fantastic Twitter follows also. So um, Molly and Ella, I know, in fact, I follow a lot. And I love Molly. She's a fantastic writer, and she's super funny. Um, as far as Hurricanes Twitters, um, there's actually a really good, some really good Hurricane Stats people out there. can um, it. Hmm? I said, K-analytics! analytics Um, Kane's report actually used to write for me. Um, and, uh, there's a woman named Jamie, and I'm just totally blanking on her last name right now, but I'm pretty sure she runs one of, like, she either works for SB Nation, or writes for SB Nation, or writes for another kind of fan site, and she's a great follow, too. And, um, I'll try to find, find that and put that, all the suggestions down. Um, when we actually post the podcast too um and but other hockey podcasts hosted by women um i know the five for howling podcast uh, is hosted by women as well so that's yeah. if you're a coyotes fan um but they also have tend to have some really good guests on too i was a guest once so you know it's good <laughs> yeah there are those those are longer episodes right yeah those tend those can go long depending on the interview yeah
0: yeah. Uh, my my interest in a thing wanes at
1: about thirty five minutes,
0: which, which is was... hilarious since I host an hour long podcast.
1: <laughs> hour fifteen on a bad day.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, on a really bad day. Remember when back when we first started and we were like, "This is going to be thirty minutes and that's it," and then we did the first one. and It was like an hour and twenty minutes, and we we're like, "Oh, whoop!"
1: And that's that. And then we deleted it, and then we had to do it again.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> uh. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay, your turn to ask the next question. Lauren asks, what are you guys excited for about for the summer and for next season?
0: Uh, For the summer, I'm excited for more uh, Instagram stories of Tyler Sagan and his dogs.
1: Oh, Um, so excited for that.
0: I'm excited for uh, pictures of hockey players working out or doing whatever viral challenge is going around uh, this year. Because, Lord knows, I have watched every single Ice Bucket Challenge video that exists. <laughs> so, Let's bring um, that know. back. Let's bring back the Ice Bucket Challenge. Let's bring back something. like <laughs> give, that, give Jamie Ben a reason to post on Twitter. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to that for the summer. Um, for next season, I'm honestly just excited to have a better season than we had this past season. I don't even really care what happens in particular. I just don't want to be in a position where we're picking above... Fourteen.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably. I'm about like I'm really I'm so excited for the expansion draft and for Vegas and for all of the the associated drama. Like that's like my whole life right now. Is I'm just like, what are they gonna do? And like yeah. George McPhee already has my undying love for just being like a complete like. Oh. Well, I, yeah, it's just a complete troll. He's like, he'll he'll say or do anything in interviews. Just be like, oh yeah, we'll trade whatever. We'll trade anything. We'll trade any pig. It's pretty funny. <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes. I
0: also I also really appreciate him as a GM too, just for the fact that like, despite not even having a team, they participated in You Can Play. Yeah, which is so much more than the fucking Dallas Stars did. So. Yeah,
1: if it wasn't for the Vegas's, like completely boring colors, I would totally be on board, like full on Golden Knights. Let's do this. Uh, if they had a better name and
0: better colors, I would I would be more excited. But I mean, as it is, like I, they're already in my eyes a quality organization. We'll just see what happens with like the team that they are able to assemble.
1: Yeah, I think I think they've made some really good hires as far as like the front office is concerned, and I am excited about see what they actually put out on the ice.
0: Yeah. Uh, Okay, so is it my turn or your turn?
1: I think it's your turn.
0: Emma, who are we going to lose to Las Vegas, and how will we feel about that?
1: Okay, my sleeper we're losing to Vegas pick is Jamel Smith.
0: That would make me really sad.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't feel good about it, but that's my sleeper. I think that's what's going to happen. And I was trying so like, I did this whole mock draft thing for the Hat conference, the Ottawa uh, Hockey Analytics Conference. And um, I was trying so hard to convince everybody that Vegas should take Jamel Smith. But they were like, no, he's only got so many games in the NHL. I'm like, yes, I know, but they were good games. Um, and then we ended up going with Roussel because I couldn't convince everybody. Then i will be a, I would be distraught if we lose Roussel.
0: yeah, I will too I, if they if they protect Alexiak and and leave Roussel open i'm just gonna
1: well that wouldn't do a avid- if they protect Econ and leave Roussel open because I don't yeah. think there's any doubt that we're going seven three
0: no, I know, i know i know if they if they don't protect if they whatever i I am going to lose it on many occasions in the rest of my life so i will lose it about this probably anyway um <laughs> i have no idea who we're going to lose to las vegas so i feel pretty confident in going with your Jamal smith pick so the number two question is i assume you're going to talk about the new goalie situation and the various implications of that trade but could you also sort ben bishop into the appropriate hogwarts
1: house i feel like going to have, have a happy- really really strong opinion on this
0: I I always do have a strong opinion. Um, The last time that I did this, I sorted both goaltenders into Ravenclaw because I believe that goaltenders in general tend to be more uh, analytic in their approach to a lot of things. And I feel pretty confident in sorting Bishop into Ravenclaw.
1: I would actually sort Ben Bishop probably... Like, Ravenclaw would be, like, my second answer, so I have no issue with sorting him to Ravenclaw, but I would actually probably sort him into Hufflepuff. He just seems like that kind of hardworking... Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. Huh? Hufflepuff
0: is, like, a gimme answer, though, because Hufflepuff will take the lot.
1: But I was gonna say, because he actually does seem like a guy who is, like, really proud of his own work ethic. Yeah, I could see that, too. So, like, I'm not saying that, like, he's not analytical, but I feel like as a... Person, It's probably more his his character. But, well, you know what? I take that back. They call him the professor. I take it back. Ravenclaw. You're right. You're right. Ravenclaw.
0: Thank
1: you. Okay. <laughs> Nova asks. Wait, is it your turn or my turn? It's your turn. Go. It's my turn. With Yurki yokipaka heading back to Europe, who has the best name in the NHL?
0: Um. So I believe that uh, best name in the NHL. Okay. So there are two ways that you could go with this. Um, I believe that Letnan has a pretty good name for a goaltender because it is so easy to make the let one in pun with his name. Um, It is perfect for a goaltender to have the name Letnan.
1: Actually, I would say it's the opposite of perfect, but...
0: (laughs) It's perfect for jokes. Um, But other than that, uh, I, I think that Satan has a pretty hilarious last name because unless you say it right, it is Satan. (laughs) <laughs> his last name is taken, and it is on the back of his jersey. <laughs>
1: that, I, you know, I didn't even think about that one. I'm a big fan of the Soft J's, so I just keep I, my favorite Yaramir Yager, Yaramir Yager, and stuff. But I think my favorite actual name is Jesper Fast. His last name is Fast. Jesper Fast Faust. Jesper Faust is a pretty hilarious name. I mean, you know, it's not even hilarious. It's just like Fast. Like you want him to do well because he's fast. <laughs> I don't know. I just nah. love it.
0: I mean, it's a funny, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting name to put together, that's for sure. I like it. Um, I, uh, am still going with Satan. Satan. I'm going with Satan.
1: I mean, we all know that the best name in hockey ever, though, is Bray Ketchum. Who played for the Riveters. Oh. I yeah. Don't. So, and Cheyenne Darkangelo. Like, you can't get a better name than Darkangelo,
0: Dark Angelo is a pretty good name.
1: Who is... Going to free agency because she was on the beats. But yeah, those are my picks. I'm I'm hoping I, I don't know. I think Jesper Foss could be end up on the on the, the Golden Knights, and that would make me a bigger fan. Satan well, should go okay. on to the to Satan doesn't play on the Devils, but he should. <laughs> he should, right?
0: <laughs> a guy with a I would buy that jersey just to be able to wear it. <laughs>
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Is this number 66? It should be 66, I feel.
0: Yes. Uh, I don't know what his number is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. okay right.
0: that? I'm Satan. Let me look. Oh, no. He's retired. Boo. Oh. no. that's lame.
1: Dreams crushed. Yeah, anyway, I don't know what number he was. <laughs> okay, well, that's all we've got for you today. Sorry we took so long getting back to y'all. Sorry, not sorry. We did have a lot to do. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> but again, I'm Carolyn. You can find me on Twitter at Classlicity. I'm Marin, You can find me on Twitter at Marinish. And you can find our official Twitter at Depart Hockey. And if you want to email us, and I promise that Marin checks it sometimes, it's hockey at gmail.com.
0: You can also find our Tumblr at com and our blog at com. Bye. Did you know that Satan and Zdeno Chara used to be best friends, but their friendship is now over because of Chara's really big hits. What? <laughs> Apparently Satan didn't like it. <laughs> He says that he can tell a clean hit from a bad one, and Tara only lays bad hits.
1: Oh my god. I know. That's yeah. a sad fact. That's like that, like, meme, like, we are no longer friends meme. <laughs> the exes. Yeah,
0: it is. <laughs> it is exactly like the we are no longer friends meme. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's so funny. Okay, sorry. All right, I'm <laughs> now we're really done. We're really done. Bye.